Hi there, it's Dallas Travers here. Thanks for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. This show is dedicated to helping you build a values-driven business that you're super proud of. So let's talk about podcast pitching today, shall we? This can feel daunting, especially if your business is newer, yet it's a wonderful way to build your list, to form business alliances, and just be more visible. So today's episode is designed to deliver a very simple strategy designed to help you confidently pitch yourself as a guest expert on podcasts. My guest today is Sarah Lilly, who helps committed horse riders reconnect to their confidence, trust themselves fully, and have more fun riding. And list building is a top priority for Sarah, so we get right down to business together to create a podcast pitch strategy that she can stand behind. I hope you enjoy it. Hi, Sarah. Welcome to Coaches on a Mission. Thank you so much. Great to be here. (laughs) This episode is part of a little mini series we're doing all about lead magnets and list building. So I want to thank you for volunteering. I think this conversation is going to be helpful, hopefully for you, but also for all of our listeners. So I'm excited to dive in. Before we do, you've been in the hive now for going on four months. Is that about right? Yeah, just about three months. Three months. Okay. So how's it going? You're three months in. Great. Okay. Great. I'm doing client surge right now, which is awesome. As you know, I got kind of waylaid because I broke my shoulder and I had several surgeries. So I'm, I got a little behind from the schedule that I had predicted. But great. as we from talked the about, like that, mind. great. Yeah. great, great. <laughs> <laughs> so I had to prioritize health for a month or so. Totally mm-hmm. fine. But it's been really great for me. I think I have a tendency to want to do all the things, mm-hmm. right? And to have a structure where it really forces me to focus on one thing and know that I can have some crazy creative ideas, but I will get to them later. And they're only distracting me right now has been super helpful. And I'm also super busy. I have a full-time job while I'm building my own business. So having clear, this is what you need to focus on right now really helps me prioritize and maximize the time I have to prioritize towards my business for sure. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, we are happy to have you in the program for sure. Okay. So with that, what do you want to walk away with from our time together today? So I would love to walk away with a clear strategy for podcasts to really increase my credibility and to list build. Okay, great. So we want to use like pitching yourself as a guest on podcasts as a way to increase your visibility and build your list. Yeah. Fabulous. Great. Have you ever guested on a podcast before or pitched yourself in that way? Once before. Okay, yeah. great. Well, as you know, I have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> this is number two. So, this is yeah, right? so I've learned so much because we get pitched a lot for our show. And I've learned so much about what stands out and what, sta- like what stands out in a good way and what stands out in other ways. So I'm excited to roll out a plan for you today. I think what I'd love to do is just, we'll go like one step at a time. I'll lead, like here's the suggestion and then we'll take my suggestion and make it yours. So at the end of this conversation, you can have a pretty clear process for podcast outreach for yourself. Okay, awesome. awesome. So the first step is to research aligned podcasts. So before we go a step further, why don't you fill everyone listening in on who you help and how you help them? Because that's going to inform the way we research podcasts for you. 
I'm an EFT practitioner and mindset coach. I help committed writers reconnect to their confidence. Great. So just for everyone listening, when Sarah says committed writers, she means horseback riding. Yes. Okay, great. So the first step is to find aligned podcasts. The easiest way to do this, and I don't have my phone handy because we're recording and I don't want my phone to ring while we're recording, but normally I would grab, oh, here, it's on the floor. Hold on one second, everybody. (laughs) So if you use Spotify or Apple podcasts, you can really easily, once you figure out one podcast, both of those platforms will actually give you other recommended podcasts. So for example, just as an exercise right now, I'm going to look up Coaches on a Mission on my phone. I'm looking at Apple Podcasts right now. So if I look up Coaches on a Mission, there it is. I got nervous for a second. It took a second to load. I'm like, uh. (laughs) And if I scroll all the way to the bottom, it has this section that says, you might also like. Amy Porterfield's podcast, Make Money as a Life Coach, Joyful Marketing, the Mind Your Business podcast. All of these podcasts are completely aligned with who the audience for this show is and also kind of like the vibe of this show. And research becomes really, really simple once you identify one show that you might want to guest on. So my question for you is, what, if any, thought have you given to... The type of show, maybe a better question is, are there podcasts for horse riders? Yes. Yes. I listened to a couple and yes, they definitely are. So I think that for obvious reasons is a great place to start. Yeah. Great. Great. And then we can also think a little bit outside of that too. So what other shared interests do riders have? I wouldn't recommend that you go too far down the EFT track because you Mm -hmm. are so niched, right? I wouldn't go too far down that track, but I would really stay in the realm of writing. So any questions about a simple way to get started accessing podcasts that are aligned with your niche? No, that totally makes sense. Okay, great. So now we want to set you up to make this a habit rather than this big project you tackle every once in a while and it's too big to maintain. So in an ideal world, how many podcasts would you like to guest on in a month? Right now, I'm going to go with two. Two. Okay, great. Is that a lot? I mean, maybe one to start. Maybe I should, what do you think? Here's the tricky thing. Even for this show, we batch record So for example, you and I are recording this. It's January 27th. This episode may not air until April or even May. And I found shows I recorded last year finally came out. Mm. So there is this lag time. If I was going to make a mistake, the mistake I would make would be overdoing it instead of underdoing it because there there is a ramp up phase. So... If your goal was two shows a month, you're probably looking at pitching yourself eight times. It's about a 25% conversion. Yeah, that seems doable. That's two a week. Okay, great. And I feel like once I've got like a template and once I've got some language, like that'll, that'll rinse and repeat. It's just getting that, those first few kind of organized. Completely. Yeah, it definitely gets easier. So step one is to research. We talked about letting the podcast platforms make that pretty easy for you. 
Step two is to get really clear on your goal. What's my bandwidth here? So now we're looking at eight pitches a month. And I heard you say you'd like to do two a week. So you could bring a ton of structure to this and set aside 30 minutes, an hour, once a week to make those two pitches. Or you could do it once a month, right? And knock out your pitch to all eight shows. Mm. Yeah, I think once a month, actually, that actually feels lighter, I think. Yeah. Okay, great. Yeah. So are you open to just marking that appointment off on your calendar so yes. that it can be a rolling habit? Love it. Love it. Yeah. Okay. Here's one of the wonderful things that I have learned since starting my own show. Please follow my instructions, everybody. <laughs> this is like a, we're, we pause this programming for a commercial break. For anyone who would like to guest on my show, we would love to have you. Please follow our instructions. <laughs> So we will often get, and it's always a third-party pitch, so like an agency pitching their guest, and they don't follow our workflow. They create extra work for us because they don't follow the workflow that we have in place. And then it's like not as easy for us to book their clients as it is when they just follow the workflow. So what does that mean? Each podcast that you choose Go to the website and do your due diligence to find out what is their process for booking guests. I find mm. when, when we pitch, when I pitch myself, the majority of shows have a form on their website to fill in. So bypassing that form and sending me an Instagram DM or emailing, it's less efficient on the receiving end. So we're going to want to follow the process that each show has already in place because they have it in place for a reason. Got it. Now, if you don't find the click here to submit your form, then an email pitch, I think, is appropriate and or even an Instagram DM. But we're going to look for their process first. Totally. So what happens, I'm such like a queen of follow through with my actor clients and my other business. But if you submit the form and say you don't hear anything, I want to like, my, I just want to follow up. Like, what would you do with that? Example? Yeah. Great. Great. So again, if I submit the form and the thank you page clearly says, thank you for submitting, mm, we will we'll follow up. <laughs> right? Especially because yeah. I know we batch record. So we just booked a bunch of guest experts who applied months ago, right? So I guess this is good for, that mm. we're talking about this because we have to be willing to commit, I would say easily to like six months of this process in order to really see and reap the benefits because we're, mm. you're not in control of people's production schedules. Totally. But what I would do, if I've submitted and maybe even three months have passed, I'm going to fill out that form again. <laughs> okay. Right? And you can let me know, no. Like, if people submit and they're not a fit for our show, we don't just ignore them. We let them know. So yeah. you can let me know. Okay. Awesome. So we're talking about pitching, but I think we need to slow this down a bit and really look at, like, what are you pitching and how is that going to work? Right? Mm, yeah. What, if any thought, have you given to that so far? What I sometimes see as a hindrance, but is also a benefit for me, is that, you know, the modality that I work in mostly is EFT. And it is certainly in the equestrian community, you know, not super well known, I don't think. It's not widely practiced. So I do think, you know, mindset is getting more and more popular, I think, in the equestrian community, which is fantastic. And that, that's right alongside that, right? Mindset and EFT. So I do think 
I don't want to lean too heavily into that, but I do think it makes me stand out as opposed yeah. to just, just another sports psychologist or another mindset person. Like EFT makes me different. And it's a tool that is something that, yes, you can work on things with the practitioner, but it's also something you can do in your, by yourself in your daily life in one to three minutes. So it's very practical, mm-hmm. kind of can help you as a writer and also other areas of your life. Yeah. Okay. So what I have found to be most effective when we pitch is the more concrete my, we'll call it my talk, right? Or my topic is the easier it is for people to decide yes or no. Mm. So rather than positioning your talk as how EFT can help you be a more confident writer, people are like, what is EFT? But it could be a three-minute solution to overcome or to recover from a fall or to build confidence as a writer. So we want to really give Mm. your topic a hooky title. Got it. It's easy to understand right? Without a lot of context. Awesome. Then I think it's around clearing the root causes of your anxiety as a writer or something Ah, like that. Got it. Right. So like how to erase writing anxiety in three minutes a day. Well, I don't think I can say it's three minutes a day because you would work with me as a practitioner. Then you can use it to maintain that. I can't erase it in three minutes, but great. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I also think writers who struggle with anxiety post a fall, or I think that is very, Mm -hmm. like, that's a very common problem. Mm -hmm. So I think that's also a good hook. Mm -hmm. Agreed. Agreed. And I have a great story because I do have a broken shoulder. (laughs) (laughs) So I actually have three, maybe even four interview topics that I choose from when we're pitching, right? Because each show is going to be a little bit different. And if I'm guesting on a show that's all about sales call confidence, I'm not going to pitch talking about sales call confidence because that's already been covered. So what's another angle in? Mm. So the next action item for you would be to come up with two three, maybe four possible topics that are all related to your niche, your audience, and your expertise. So one thing around how to recover, how to build back your confidence after a fall, or even how to heal, like a surprising way to heal your Mm. injury after a fall. And then something a little broader about like how to erase writing anxiety. So that way, when you are in your workflow for pitching, this stuff can be pre-organized. And when you're filling out people's forms or writing that email, you're cutting, you're doing a lot of cutting and pasting instead of working from scratch every time you submit to a show. Totally. So you would suggest really suggesting one topic as opposed to, we could talk about this topic or this topic or this topic, right? Just really choosing one and going all in on that one. Okay. Yeah. And it's interesting before I had my own show, the advice that I gave was give people three options And I just found we have our process in place. The less you deviate from that, the better. And our process is what would you like to talk about? One Mm. thing, right? Wouldn't it be great if you could just build your business focusing on your strengths? 
I see too many coaches struggling to fit into a certain mold and they ignore the easy path. So let's put an end to that. What I want you to do is go to dallastravers.com slash quiz. I've put together a 45 second superpower quiz designed to reveal two things. Number one, the very next step in your business, whether that's list building, client attraction, or scaling with a course. And number two, the natural strength you possess to help you accomplish that task. When you get your results, you'll also get a custom built toolkit with actionable items you can put in place right away to finally make this growth path simpler because you're doing what you do best. So the link again is dallastravers.com slash quiz. Go and check it out and then let me know on Instagram how you scored. We're going to set aside time on your calendar for you to work on pitching to podcasts every month. You're also going to come up with one to three, two to four, somewhere in there, possible topics that you can really laser the conversation around. Yeah. Let's pick one today because it will help us with the next step around your pitch. Let's do reconnecting your confidence post a fall writing. Okay, great. So, or a bad fall. Yeah, just that, like when you, yeah, put an adjective around that fall that knocks your confidence. Or, yeah. Got it. Okay, so we're talking about reconnecting to your confidence after a bad fall. If I just handed you the mic and you ensured that the listener walked away with three or four tangible nuggets to help me reconnect with my confidence after a fall, what would you most want to share with the listener? Oh, good question. That if you're writing and you're experiencing that anxiety of the fall is going to happen again, right? That it's really to really understand that your their nervous system is recreating that fall in real time. And the reason it's happening is because the, the trauma of that fall is still in their body. And that's something they really need to release. Otherwise they will just keep that fall will keep happening again in real time. Got it. Okay. That was, I need to get that down shorter because that was very wordy, but <laughs> no, but we're like, we're, there's no outline we're following here, right? This is we're coaching in real time. So it can be messy. So what we want to do here, just for our listeners. But they can't think their way out of it. That's what it is. Can't think they can't way think their way out of it. Because like they're like, what's wrong with me? Why can't I get rid of it? And you try and solve it. But it's because it's in your body and that trauma is stuck. That's why. That's why. Yes. So with each point you want to make, we want to frame that point as a statement as well as a question. Because some shows want you to send them questions to ask you. Others would like to just know like your basic talking points. So set yourself up for success by being really clear. What do I want to talk about? What points do I want to make? And then what is this point written as a statement? And what is this point written as an interview question? So you can't think your way out of it. What would be the bullet point talking point version of that when you're pitching? Thinking your way out of it won't work. Yeah, great. Thinking your way out of it won't work right? Or the real reason why a positive mindset Mm, doesn't cure your anxiety. Yes. Yeah. 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 What about that point in the form of a question? Why a positive mindset isn't enough to reconnect your confidence post a scary fall. Yeah. Great. Or another one might be, why is it that riders, when they get back on the horse, can replay that fall in their mind over and over again while they're writing. Why does that happen? 
Mm. Right? Well, it happens because it's in your body. It's not in your head and you can't think your way out of it. Okay. So that's the first point. Now we've got like the bullet point version for your pitch as well as the question version for your pitch. What's another point you would want to really make for the listeners around this topic? That confidence is a practice. Mm -hmm. That's one of my big stances, I think. And that confidence isn't the absence of self-doubt so that it's, yeah, it's a practice. Great. All right. Confidence is a practice. What's the bullet point version of that? Which almost feels like a trick question because you just gave yeah, it. Yeah, like, to me. yeah, I say, isn't that a bullet point? Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Confidence is practice feels so yes. like that's it. No, but... that's it. Yeah, okay. that's it. Okay, good. Confidence is a practice. And it might be confidence is a practice. If you want more confidence, right, develop the habit, something like that, right? What about the question version of that point? Why confidence isn't the absence of self doubt? Yeah, or it could even be something like what's a common misconception? a lot of writers oh, have mm, about confidence around confidence. Yeah. 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 Oh, you're so good with the words. You just <laughs> magic. You just it's like, yeah. So, yeah. okay, great. So are you seeing, like, I can almost visualize this pitch coming together. Yes. Right? Yes. So your assignment here is again, pick one to four possible topics. Okay. Two is a great place to start. Even one. Don't let the creating of all the different topics stop you from pitching. Okay. And then just so that you're prepared so that pitching becomes really easy, you're going to have the bullet point, like the topic title, if you will, question version, statement version, so that you can really flesh out for people and illustrate what it is you want to talk about on the show. Awesome. Okay. So once we have that in place, the other thing that sidetracked me when I first started reaching out. And like full disclosure, this is an area where as soon as my team and I get busy, podcast pitching goes to the wayside. So, and it's because it's involved, there are steps to it, right? So the more Mm. steps taken care of ahead of time, the more easily this becomes a habit. So another step is your bio. You got to have like a 50 word version and a 150 word version. (laughs) That's right? good advice. Yeah, totally. It's having all of that stuff handled. So the only thing you're managing when you're pitching is your nerves around pitching mm. instead of your judgment about air quotes here, not having it together yet. Totally. I'm just like cutting, pasting all the things from all yeah. the places. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. Great. Okay. You'll also just want to have like a headshot handy because some people will want you to upload that. And then at the ready, even if it's just a quick little paragraph or a couple of bullet points, a personal story related to the talking point. Okay, great. Right? Yeah. And it could be a personal story of an experience you had with a client, with yourself, where you came from, you know, your grandma, just some sort of humanizing personal story. Awesome. Okay. So it could be a client story too. Or I had a client. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. I definitely yes. have my own. And yeah. Clients great. So what we've got is we have just a Google Doc for each of my interview topics, a separate Google Doc, my name, my pronouns, a link to my headshot, my 50-word bio, my 150-word bio, the talk title, the questions, the bullet points. We have separate documents for those. So then I just open up the document about the British Bake Off approach to sales call confidence, right? That's one of my talk titles. I have that open. I can cut and paste when we're filling in the, the forms. Awesome. Right? When you're pitching, you can also link 
directly to this document, which makes it really easy for people to see all the information that they need if they don't have a form in your email pitching instead. Mm, awesome. Okay. So what, if any questions do you have around what we've talked about so far, because we're going to shift now and talk about the email pitch. No, I think I'm clear. I was just about to ask, like, do I need to have heard, you know, I've seen people's very kind of glossy kind of one sheet esque mm -hmm. sheets with, you know, like magazine cover esque with all that kind of stuff on there. So mm -hmm. it sounds like I don't necessarily need that. In my limited experience, right? Because there's, I see a lot of talk about that too. I have a one sheet. I've never gotten to share it with anybody. Mm, awesome. Great. Less for me to do. And yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally. totally. Okay. Another expert might come on the show and say like, here's why your pitch sheet is really, really important. So I'm not poo-pooing that, but let's get it going instead of getting it perfect. Love it. Yeah. Okay. So now you've chosen a show. They do not have a click this button to submit, you've got to email them. I strongly recommend at least a two, if not a three-part email process. Think about what we're doing inside of Client Search, right, with your referral requests. We ask, we nudge, and then we let them off the hook, right? Great. All right. So imagine that you have a podcast and you're getting pitched often. What kind of subject line would get your attention? Ooh, I mean, if it was a really good topic for a talk or a really good, something very specific or, yeah, specific talk or topic, I think would be like, oh, that's interesting. I would like to hear about that. Right. So maybe something like for your show, colon, and then the topic. Mm. Right? Yeah. Another one I would test would be complimenting the show in the subject line. Like what would happen? Mm. I would open that. I, maybe that says too much about me. <laughs> but I would definitely open an email that said, like, I loved episode 84. Keep them mm. coming. I would open mm. that. Mm. Right? So I think there's two routes to test, right? One would be for your show or even guest expert pitch. Let's tell them exactly what it is. And the and your topic, and then another one would be let's see how let's see how far flattery gets you. <laughs> Love it, great. Okay, great. Which raises a good question because I said I loved episode eighty four, right? Do you have to listen oh, to every question. show before you pitch? What's your thought on that? I mean, yes, you can gleam a certain amount of information from summaries, right, and like topics, but I feel like for me, I'd. I mean, my gut is at least to say an episode or, ha you know, half an hour of an episode or something just in terms of like the vibe. And to me, I feel like I'd want to listen to a little bit anyway. Yeah, great. I just want to encourage you to avoid falling down the research rabbit hole. Mm. Listening to the most recent four episodes of a show is not going to, that's not pitching yourself. So I agree. We want to know what we're getting ourselves into, right? But even half an episode at this stage before you get yeah. selected as a guest is probably plenty. Love it. Yeah. Perfect. 20 to 30 okay. minutes. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So now we've got a catchy subject line. We can test that. What I think is really important is beginning with an authentic acknowledgement. So here's why that research, listening to an episode or looking them up on Instagram or finding something you can authentically acknowledge about them is really important. It could be something as simple as I caught the first 20 minutes of your most recent episode and I love the way you made this point. Mm. 
right? Or even quoting something that they said and underneath that, like this, what you said is right on point. So begin with a focus on the show or on the host rather than with a focus on you. Love it. Yeah. Great. If someone pitched to this show to say, I love how most of your episodes are you coaching people in real time. That's so interesting. And I don't see a lot of other shows doing that. Right. Then I know that you've done at least a little bit of research, right? Yeah. So we'll start by authentically acknowledging something about them, their stance, their show, their vibe, their Instagram reels, right? Something that shows you've done some research, right? And then we can transition to, which is why I'd love to be a guest on your show. One of my favorite things to talk about is, insert talk title, and I think we'd have a lot of fun helping your listeners result, right? Helping your listeners Understand that confidence is a process. It's not an event. So here I am throwing my hat in the ring. I'd love to be a guest on your show. How does that feel? I, I just made that up, but how did that feel? Oh, great. It sounds, so, it sounds relaxed, conversational, confident. Yeah, just sounds like simple and easy for them to say yes or no to, frankly, right? If it's not yes. for them too, it's just it's, it's very clear, concise, kind of scannable. I, I can see it almost like yes. a scannable, scannable email, right? So they can just quickly be like, sounds awesome. Or no, that's not a thing. Yeah. So yeah. That's what I find when we're reaching out, but also when people reach out to us, more information is also not helpful. Like I don't need your bio right now because now it's just more things for me to read and I'm I'm a little bit lost. So if we can make this very scannable, I, that's a great word. That would be my first recommendation. Okay. Awesome. Yeah. So you've pitched, you didn't hear anything. It's been how long? How long do you want to wait until you follow up again? I guess it depends with your theory about, I mean, normally I follow up, I'd be like a week later, but you're right. If they're not shooting now, I guess it depends if, if we know their shoot schedule. But I mean, two weeks? Sure. I mean, we, we're kind of guessing. Just making it up, right? Yeah. Right? Yeah. It depends if they're shooting or, yeah. Yeah. So at that two week mark, great. Let's try it and see what happens right? At that two-week mark, what I would recommend is changing the subject line, adding a different little greeting, but then including your original message below. If I'm pitching to you, it might be like, hey, Sarah, I'm not exactly sure of your production schedule, so I wanted to bump Mm. this up to the top of your inbox. I'd love to come on your show and talk about X. You can see the rest of my message below. Yeah, great. Great. Okay. And then... How do you feel about a third follow-up? I'm all about the follow-up. You so are. Yes. <laughs> Great. My, my sense, and again, we're making this up here, but let me ask you, how long should you wait? I mean, I kind of feel like another two weeks again. I don't know. I mean, again, you don't really know. I just feel like in my life generally, how I feel about follow-up is just as I'm like, oh, I'm feeling a little like, oh, I'm bugging them or I'm being an annoying, right? The response I get back every time is like, thank you so much for following up. That was super helpful. I've been so busy. And I just feel like it's helpful to follow up. Yeah, so. great. So I feel like another two weeks. Yeah, two weeks later. So if we're following the client surge model, this is the email where we're like, no sweat, you're off the hook. Don't worry about it, Right. But if you meant to get back to me and just haven't yet, like, here's what you need to know. So I don't know that that exactly applies here. But if we were to take the essence of that strategy and apply it here to following up on podcast pitches, what would you say? Could you change the question to what's the best way to follow up with you, right? Like, I don't know about wanting to connect. I would love to appear on a podcast. 
I'm sure you're busy and I'm not sure the timing is right right now, but what's the best way to follow up or something? Yeah. So they're getting, so they can say, oh, great. We're shooting again in July or we're shooting, you know, we're yes. filming mm-hmm. again and, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. maybe. I like it. Yeah. It might be, I'm trying to make it as scannable as possible. Right. So it might be, Hey Dallas, I want to make sure I'm making this easy for you. Or I want to make sure I'm reaching out in the best way possible. I'd mm. love to come on your show. Please let me know the best way to make that happen or the best way to follow up. Yeah. Yeah. So just really leaning into like, I'm not sure, like you probably have a process for this and I need to make sure I'm following your process. Great. I'm just thinking about the people who have pitched to us and I hope they listen to this episode. (laughs) (laughs) You know what? That brings something up that I'd love to share. We have had people pitch for this show and it was just really bad timing. We were in the middle of a launch and couldn't get to it. And then we had more pitches than we had room for. And it just kind of slipped through the cracks. We didn't have a team meeting to discuss rejecting the person. It really was not that big a deal. I couldn't tell you the name of a single one of them. So I'm sharing this just to give you permission to, yes, follow up, but also to use the phrase I used earlier, like throw your hat in the ring. It's not as yeah. big a deal on yeah. the receiving end as it probably is on, on your end. Totally. Yeah. All right. So I'd love to just hear from you. Whew, what's the plan here when it comes to podcast pitching? I'm going to do the research mm-hmm. using my phone, which sounds great. Then I'm going to come up with the, I'm going to put the time on my calendar. I'm going to come up with the topics as questions and statements. Yeah. I'm going to put them in Google Docs. So I have it all sort of cut and pasteable, three different ones. Let's say my three different topics, two different bios, headshots, and then I can cut and paste into the form if there's a form to submit, or I can cut and paste into an email in kind of the three sequence every two weeks. I love it. Great. And so we'll try this out for, what do you say? What feels right? How long do you want to try this before you start to course correct? I mean, you said six months, but I feel like I could look at four months, maybe six months feels like very far, maybe, but maybe I could look at four months and see what's happening. Sure. Or even 90 days. Okay, great. Right. But I would say in general, let's say you go through a month and you pitch to eight people. And by the end of the next month, if you hear back from zero of them, there's something wrong with the strategy we just created. Because you should have at Mm. least heard a no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So I don't, I wouldn't gather all the data and wait for 90 whole days before you start making small adjustments. If there's something glaring, like pivot sooner than later. Okay. Yeah. But I just know being on this end of it, the timeline is very different than what you might expect it is. Cause you know, on the user end, a podcast comes out every week. So in my imagination, you're just totally on Wednesday and it comes out on Sunday and that's not that's not the case. Okay. Totally. What, if any, questions do you have about what we've talked about today? We haven't quite talked about this piece. A question that's coming up for me in my head is, yes, it's about credibility and exposure, but I was wondering, is there a piece in terms of how I'm talking about it in terms of actually using it to get clients? And, and is there a way, tips around how to be in the actual podcast? Does that make sense? Yeah. Great. You haven't gotten to this part of the training yet, but inside of the third phase in the hive where we talk about designing and launching a course, 
I believe in, I promise this is related. I believe in launching your course through webinars. So when we teach the webinar process, there is a practice in there called seeding, like planting seeds. Mm. And what you want to do when you're being interviewed is naturally plant seeds about the fact that you work with clients, right? So can you have a cup? So I'm going to just pretend here, right? Someone's interviewing me about getting confidently back on the horse after an injury. And the question comes up about why is it that I replay the the accident in my mind when I'm on the horse? right? I might say, I'll have a story ready. You know, I talked with a client about this recently and here's what she was doing. Mm. So now, oh, clients, she has clients. So you're not like saying the name, you're not dropping your URL (laughs) into the conversation, but you are referencing your work often. Got it. Yeah. Often. I see this a lot with the people that I serve. This is a big issue with my audience. Let me tell you a story about a client that illustrates this point really, really well. Yeah, love it. Yeah. Yeah. And then I have yet to be on a show where they don't, at at the very least, direct to your URL of choosing, right? So for me, I love sending, when I'm guesting, I love sending people to my Instagram because you just heard me on a podcast. You need to get to know me a little bit more before you're maybe even likely ready to opt in, but definitely before you're ready to join a year-long program with me, right? So come on over to Instagram, DM me, and ask me your questions about what we talked about today. I promise I will personally get back to you. So now I'm just, it's very, it's the opposite of scalability, but that personal touch, especially Mm. when your business is where yours is at, right? In the newer stages, but I've been doing this a long time and this is what works really well for me. Inviting that direct connection is the thing that leads to conversions and more clients more swiftly. Mm, I love that. Yeah, I love that. Because then it's not the, yeah, there's no, Pressure. Yeah. Love that. Yeah, it feels no light. Yeah. yeah. Great. And now you don't have to go and design a lead magnet with a landing page and a nurture totally. sequence yeah. and all of that stuff before yeah. you start being visible on podcasts. Yeah. This is, yeah. Just focusing on this first and getting that later feels much better. <laughs> okay. Okay. Great. So yeah. you mentioned at the beginning of this conversation that you're in the client search process right now, and we like doing one thing at a time, right? So yes. understanding that you're going to run through the tape with client search, I'd love to create some sort of accountability for you. So how can I hold space for you to step into what we've talked about today, whether that's creating a deadline for yourself or some way to check yeah. with me? Well, I feel like to your point, February is about client surge and probably even the first two weeks of March, just because post that and kind of decompression time. But I feel like then I would like to bring my questions and topics to a hive call in March. Okay, great. So you're going to work on your interview topics and the bullet points, that piece we talked about, and then you can be on the hot seat in March and we'll go through them. Yeah. Cool. Exciting. Yay. I'm so glad we haven't talked about this on the show yet. So I'm so glad you brought this forward. This was a fun conversation. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. That'd be super helpful. I'm excited to yeah start implementing. Great. You're welcome. And thank you everyone for tuning in. We will see you back here next week. Bye-bye. 
Thank you so much for tuning in to Coaches on a Mission. If you enjoyed this episode, be sure to subscribe, follow, rate, and review, do all of the things <laughs> to show your support for this show. It is so helpful for us, and it also helps other coaches find this show. If you want to take this episode further, please follow me on Instagram. I'm Dallas Travers Biz Mentor, and every week I turn our episode into a week-long mini course on my Instagram page. It's designed to help you apply what we talk about during the episode to your business in a super tangible way. So let's be Insta friends. Head on over to Instagram and look for my new handle. Again, it's Dallas Travers Biz Mentor. You can do that now, and you just might find some funny reels while you're there. So believe me when I tell you, it'll be worth it. Okay. Thanks again for tuning in. I truly appreciate that you make time to listen to this show and I hope you have a wonderful week.